Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 155. We need Jesus pluralism and Christian particularism. We are broadcasting live, well, live for us from two worldwide shed gorges, one in Radford, Virginia, one in Blacksburg, Virginia, and we are separated only, Jesse, by icy weather and geography. But good to have you on. We're Zooming today because we were in kind of like most of America, we're in the ice storm of 2024, uh, where it's going to be, I think, tomorrow through Monday, like nine, lows of nine or something. And uh, yeah, it's made the uh, ice barrel quite fun. Jesse's still going every day, having to break ice and dump hot water on top to melt the, the thick layer. But uh, uh Three and a half minutes at 29 degrees, 30 degree water. And yes, for the chemistry people out there, we do know the freezing point of water, but I have salt in the barrel, so it it lowers it to 28 degrees. Jesse, how are you today? You are crazy for the ice barrel stuff. (laughs) You are crazy. I am well. You know what I had to get out this morning because it's so cold out? I had to break out. Look at these toe warmers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I broke those out and put them on my socks. That's how cold I am. <laughs> I thought I was going to your, your place, and I knew your shed quarters were going to be cold. So I was like, I'm putting my hot hands, toe, toe warmers on this morning. Uh, I've been thinking about uh, my friend Craig and Zoe planting a church up in, in Alberta, Canada. And I was thinking, this is like their, this is like a, like a random day in March for them. And for right. me, I'm just like freezing. It's, it's so probably, cold now. It's probably minus 30 where they are right now. Like, it probably is. And, and I can't even imagine going outside and getting in a barrel of ice. Well, good thing for Canadians that they're trying to eliminate all use of fossil fuels eventually. And so we'll see. We'll see, we'll see how that's going to go when you have to have batteries in minus 30 degrees and no way to heat your home. Maybe uh, chop wood, carry water. We'll see how that goes. Well, Jesse, thanks for coming on today. We, you know, we're probably in a month, once a month rhythm right now on the podcast, guys. We, Jesse and I kind of have other things that we do, so to speak, but we are grateful to continue with you guys here. Um, Thank you, listeners, man. Our numbers have been good. You guys are still checking in. I guess you like the Easter at Christmas, the resurrection discussions around the holidays. (laughs) I think they just liked Asseldar. Yeah, yeah, Asseldar, right? So we're doing this uh, A in Asseldar's among, live your life among, share your life, share the gospel, listen, uh, deconstruct or uh, disrupt, disrupt others with questions, but give good answers. We're kind of unpacking that answer a in Asseldar to say, hey, if people ask us for the reason for the hope that we have, we want to do so with gentleness and respect. So we said, hey, there's good reasons for belief in God, right? We did something on the existence of God, and then has God shown up, right? That's a big question. If there is a God, has God shown up definitively in history? And certainly the central event of the resurrection of Jesus marks uh, the uniqueness Mm. of this person, right? And we looked at the historical evidence for the resurrection, the inadequate explanations that try to hand wave and explain it away, that the hypothesis that God raised Jesus from the dead, the true fact of history, best explains all the things we do know about it. So today, Jesse, we shift into this question, do we really need Jesus, right? I mean, need, need Jesus, who is the Christ. Uh, Like, for instance, there are religions abounding throughout the world. There always will be. There always has been. In fact, human beings create new religions all the time. Just look at all the cult shows you could find on Netflix Mm. now about weird cult stuff that's combining different things of our current worldview. Um, Some weird stuff out there. 
Um, people still claiming to be God and people believing them, right? Jesse, this is a, a indeed part of the human experience. And so the question we want to answer today is why do we think Jesus is the Savior, right, that we all need? And I want to begin today with a little bit of a different tack uh, by reading something out of the Old Testament, because we just need to begin with this brute fact that this world is a world of many gods, right? Plural, gods. Now, some are fictitious, some are maybe demons, uh, one God is God, right? But in Jan- Daniel chapter 2, we have this situation, right, uh, in the exile where the, the people of God, the people of Israel have been kind of conquered and taken into captivity by the Babylonians. And in Daniel chapter 2, the ancient Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar, right, has a dream. And most biblical scholars believe this is around 6th century before Christ, uh, the, the time of this exile. And, and Daniel explains this dream and gives an interpretation to this powerful king, right? And in Daniel chapter 2, verse 27, he makes this phrase, the king answered and said to Daniel, he's like stoked because Daniel could interpret his dream for him. And he says this about Daniel and uh, concurrently about the God of Israel, right? Yahweh. He, Nebuchadnezzar says, truly, your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to re- reveal this mystery to me. So now here's the thing. All religious traditions, Jesse, um, that are theistic and oriented, meaning they have a God, not just kind of a philosophy of life, but that believe in uh, gods, most all of them, almost all of them, uh, have a most high God right? Mm. A god of gods. So whether it was Zeus or, you know, the Greeks or Jupiter of the Romans, Odin, uh, the all-father of the Norse, Ra of Ra of the Egyptians. My kids will get a kid out of that. Uh, Baal of the Philistines or, you know, the great spirit with various peoples around the world. The idea of god of gods is quite common. In fact, the difference is uh, between these beliefs and that of, say, Jews, uh, Christians, and Muslims, that they are polytheistic, right? They actually believe in many deities, uh, but Daniel's monotheistic. He is a Jewish person amongst the Babylonians believing in one true creator God. And so Nebuchadnezzar kind of saying this, that Daniel's God is the high sovereign preeminent one, right, is a kind of a big deal. Um, this plurality of gods or that people are religious is a fact. In fact, John Calvin, right, Protestant reformer, declared the human heart as a um, as a uh, idol factory, creating and fashioning gods all the time and to worship things. So this plurality, multiple, that's what we mean by pluralism, multiple mm-hmm. beliefs of religion is simply a fact of human existence. I find very few who would disagree with that, Jesse. So this fact of pluralism just simply exists. Now, the interesting phenomenon that we've seen in our cultural setting, maybe if you're a, you know, a college student, for instance, and you take a introduction to religion class. Jesse, have you ever taken one of those classes? I have taken an introduction to religion class when I was a college student um, yes, at Radford University as an 18-year-old. Let's go. Well, yep. in, in the university today, or saying Western ideas, um, we've moved, moved beyond this fact of pluralism, that everybody knows there's multiple religions or beliefs in gods, right? Um, to, the, to the flavor today is that uh, there's kind of this said that all uh, religions or all gods are kind of equally valid expressions 
of the human attempt to reach a divine or ultimate reality. So we're all kind of groping around trying to figure it out. And so they're all okay and equally good. Or you can't use uh, concepts like true or false God or false religion or true religion. You can't do that. That's just not nice. People don't, you don't want to do that. So this seems friendly, but it seems to overlook that there are actually contradictory ideas about God, right? Yeah. And that scene is like, man, no big deal, right? It's a human thing. Let's study the human thing, but it's no big deal. But the question, um, you know, so, so for instance, a pluralist like a man named John Hick, philosopher of religion, said that like all religious talk is a groping towards this unknown, ineffable, real. So there's something out there. We don't really know what it is. So we all kind of uh, mope around. Sometimes an illustration is used in religion classes, and you kind of <laughs> shared with me. Yeah, was, we were talking yeah. about this before because, because really, what, what, what it kind of often boils down to for a lot of folks, especially like you know, uh, undergraduate religion professors uh, in state schools, is well, the kind of the basics. You know, we're grasping towards things that they're basically the same, uh, and and they use often this illustration. Uh, this parable known as the blind men and an elephant, right? So the story traces back a- ancient Indian folk tale. Several blind men are examining an elephant, and the king asks, "What do you think the elephant is?" Yeah, what is this thing you're blind? What is this and thing? You're, well, yeah, you're t- he doesn't you're say what do you think the elephant it. is. Yeah. What are you touching? Yeah, right? yeah. And the one who's holding to his tail confidently says, um, "This elephant is like a rope." Uh, another blind man pushing on the body, the elephant proclaims e- equally confident. No, no, no. The elephant is like a wall. Another one who's holding its trunk weighs in. No, an elephant is like, oh, there's snot there. You know, it's like <laughs> a wet hose. And the moral of the story, obviously, is to to illustrate that, um, hey, they're all, you know, they're all kind of grasping the same thing in different ways. There's, see, all religions lead to the same truth. Um, you know, it's not just saying that there's, there's different religious ideas teaching different things about ultimate reality or about a God, but that they're all talking about the same thing, right? They're all approaching the same thing in a different way. They all have incomplete knowledge. And so when one says it's a, it's a rope and the other says it's a wet hose, they're kind of both right. They're just incomplete. Yes, yes. Now, it- I remember, I remember this, uh, being in, in this class and just uh, think, kind of trying to figure out, like, what? I don't think I agree. Wait, wait a minute. That's not... And and somebody else in the class uh, was just real quick, and clearly they they were probably like, um, you know, had read an apologetics book or something. But they were like, <laughs> "Well, how does? What about the king? He sees it all. Who's the king?" <laughs> yeah. like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> That's like, right. Somebody sees the whole thing. Yes, yes. And this is something interesting, Jesse, too, because in kind of Western pluralism, it's kind of like academic and i had this in philosophy classes that i took in college as well it's kind of like we see how it really is but the muslim or the hindu or the christian or the buddhist they they really don't see it quite right right because certainly um if if you take the idea that um it's common to hear things like this right um all religions teach the same things on the big issues they just differ on the details right well mm-hmm. no no muslim hindu or christian or buddhist or atheist, right? Who understands their faith? They wouldn't agree to that, right? Um, after all, the, the the phenomena is quite the opposite. We agree on some things, you know. Sure, yeah, the, you know, you, and, and even like um, you could read this in someone like C.S. Lewis. There, there's sort of like a moral law that's shared among that's right. among people. That's and right. That, that's reflected that's right. in in our our kind of a 
religious perspectives, but <laughs> then there's some things that they're so different about. So that yeah, that's right. Yeah, like who is God? What is the afterlife? Like you know, somebody said, well, everyone's going to go to heaven. I was like, well, what about, you know, folks that don't believe in heaven? They believe in reincarnation and the chain of being. And the what about atheists who don't think that they're going, they don't believe in God. They're going to go to heaven and be with God. They don't, they don't agree about judgment or how is a person's salvation liberation? How does that happen? What is the ultimate problem that humans face? Uh, you know, what does even it mean to be nice and good, right? It, what, do we even agree on that? We're seeing that uh, religions, um, it, religions is pr- profoundly different. There's there's deep differences, say, between what a Muslim and a Hindu believe about just about everything uh, in terms of their faith. But yet Western pluralistic people want to come in and then say, hey, we're going to tell you how it really is. And you guys really believe the same things. When they don't, it's actually disrespectful. I I think it's very imperialistic of Western academics or thinkers to kind of insist that they know the truth about religions while somewhat silencing the actual Mm -hmm. devout religious convictions, right, of millions um, so it, that's you, your, your friend in class saw it, right? There is a King in this story and he, he can see, um, who is that? Is the King, the, the, the religious philosopher of religion professor is, where's the key? Is there a God that's King, right? We can't just wave away all the religions. We have to know what we're talking about. If we're talking about God, right? We need to maybe have re- revelation of who God is. Is and so here's the, the 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 important point. Well, what if blind eyes about religion can be opened? What if elephants can be seen? Or in simpler terms, Jesse, what if God right chose to speak to us? And that's why I mm. think the resurrection of Jesus, so the definitive act in history, that this actually happened, that Jesus came to us to reveal to us God, not to keep God hidden. In fact, Jesus comes to name the elephant, so to speak, for us and to give us, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, right? So now because of this, if there is one God and one mediator between God and man, this is what the Bible teaches, right? Um, Is uh, Jesus's teaching um, keeping us away, uh, or is Jesus's teaching invitational uh, to, say, invite us in? Have you ever been asked that, Jesse? Like, hey, it seems kind of narrow. Maybe if you gotta, you gotta have Jesus, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's interesting to think about the teachings of Jesus and really what he has to say about himself, because it's it's very particular, right? It's it's not um, always lead to heaven. It's not um, you know go your own way and every you know you'll you'll work it out in the end. It's very particular. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And yet it's also, he's very invitational, like uh, all can come, right? The, the, the uh, you know, he's, he's inviting people in. He's teaching that there's, there's something inclusive of us and yeah. both yeah. in the way that we're created in the image of, of a particular God, the creator God, and that we've been placed at particular times and place. And, in, 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 uh, you know, you think about Paul in the Areopagus in Athens, yeah. um, you know, in him, we live in movement, have our being. And in fact, he says to them, you guys are stumbling around, right? You're, you know, you're like trying, you're trying to find God. And he says, you're not far, That's right. which is a really profound That's right. thing to say, That's right. except for that. He says, you're not far because in him, we live in movement, have our being. And then he's, and then he goes in to talk about, Hey, what yeah. you are stumbling towards, I'm going to, he, 
he has actually revealed himself to you. And then he talks about the resurrection. That's interestingly, right. that's right. In by the raising context of what we've been dead. talking about. Absolutely. There, there's this beautiful nature of the Christian message or the message of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, that it is. The doors are as wide open as possible. Mm -hmm. We see this in the Bible, right? In the book of Romans and uh, chapter one, it says that there are certain things from the creation of the world that can be known about God, that God exists, right? And that we're accounted accountable to God. We can see from looking at the stars, Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare, they speak to us, the glory of God. You look at the stars, the vast ocean, high mountains, the intricacies of what we know now, like RNA, DNA, there's that there's yeah. something right powerful behind the universe. And so there's, there's this idea of common grace that mm -hmm. God opens wide. Hey, that if you want to know God, you can, but at the same time, people actively this is in the teaching of Jesus, actively reject God, right? They don't want God. I, I'm sure we both know a few people that say, I don't, I don't want to believe in this. We want to turn aside, turn to sin and self, right? Um, worship ourselves, worship created things rather than creator. And certainly the Bible calls this sin, and it's a universal condition. So the door what is wide open. Not everybody yeah. wants to come, right? And one of the one of the uh, ways that I've been helped thinking about this, especially if you think about like you know, someone out there might go, well, well, my sweet granny, you know, I, I wouldn't say she's she doesn't hate God. She's just not a Christian. Like, OK, well, you know, I, I think in terms, you know, if, if what you're thinking about is someone who who walks outside every morning and looks to the sky and, you know, shakes their fist, then then maybe granny doesn't or your sweet, yeah. you know, toddler or whatever doesn't. But nice people. Right. But yeah. But to think about how how St. Augustine, North African philosopher, theologian, really talked about this has been helpful for me, which is to say that our hearts are bent back towards ourselves so that, so that when God has made us and God is the creator God and we exist in his world, placed by him and all of our life comes from him, any time that our worship and our love and our, our allegiance does not go back to him, but actually he says, you know, bends back around to ourself so that yeah. I am, at the end of the day, I might be a nice person, you know, so to speak, at least compared to other people. If in the end I don't I don't actually worship God as God, right. if I don't actually worship Jesus as King, then my my allegiances and affection and, and loves come back to myself, which is what it means to be against God, to reject God. Right. You, you don't get to rule me; I rule myself. That's right. And then the manifestations of that, you know, that I will rule others or I will do what I want to do, which, uh, of course, the most empirically verifiable, according to G.K. Chesterton, aspect of Christian doctrine is that man is sinful, right? Yeah. Uh, and separated from God. Now, here's the kindness of God. The, he, he reveals himself to us in creation and conscience. This is in Romans 1 and Romans 2, um, that we can know God, but yet we turn aside and sin but God in his kindness, this is why the gospel is good news, chooses, right, to enter into space-time creation himself, right, in the person of Jesus, the Son of God, in order to pay the price for our sins and reconcile us back to God, and then show us who is King of God, King, God of gods and King of kings, right, so that we can know God and, and then have our lives reordered. Uh, by his kingdom, right? That there is a principle of his rule and reign that comes into our lives together that changes us and changes uh, uh, con configurations of human beings, families, churches, communities, uh, nations as things unfold in the earth. So here's the thing. It, the door is wide open. Not all will come to him. Um, and here's the thing. 
the beauty of the, the, so when all said and done, right, that when the kingdom fully comes, Jesus returns, the kingdom of heaven is the final and ultimate reality. There, there is this idea that, you know, somehow everyone will make it in the end. Well, the Bible does not teach that. It doesn't teach that every person from every tribe, tongue, and nation will be there. Nor does it teach that everyone from only certain tribes, like favored groups, like America or or even Israel, right? Israel had a purpose as coming people, but it's not like, oh, everybody who's of a certain ethnic linguistic group automatically not, is saved, right? Right. Not all not all from Israel are Israel, you that's know, right. according to Romans yeah, that's, 12 that's, 13. That, and, yeah. We could get in a There's rabbit hole. a remnant hole. if you go yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah, we could yeah. rabbit hole that, couldn't we, Jesse? Mm-hmm. But not every person from every tribe, tongue, and niggas, not all people from just some tribe, tongues, but the Bible actually promises in Revelation 7, right, when it explains this, the scriptures are clear that some from every tribe, people, and tongue, and language will be in the kingdom of heaven, right? So in a unique way, Jesus's message is open, right? And yet only some respond. But his call is clear, right? Here's the biblical call. All who are weary and heavy burden come to him. This is what he said in Matthew 11. All who are thirsty come and drink, Revelation 22. All who are in darkness, right? Jesus is the light of the world, right? Uh, all who are hungry, this is what he says in John chapter 6, come eat and be satisfied. So there's a call that's open to all. Now we get into theology of, you know, what's God's role in this? What's our role in this? Um, but to, to simply say that there is a universal knowledge of God available to everyone and that there is a biblical call to come, there is a summon, um, but yet all don't. So we learn from Jesus that not everybody has ears to hear, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some ears don't hear his call, but those who do hear him do come to him. This is the mystery of grace, right? God saves people. We don't save ourselves. We respond to his call. So if you hear his voice, right, don't harden your heart, respond to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so here, as followers of Jesus, it's not our goal to prove everyone else is wrong and dispute with every created deity all at all times. We are to present the truth. There is one God, one mediator between God and people, the man Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6. And that this Jesus is not just a normal person or just a normal prophet, like some religions may say. I mean, he is God of gods, Lord of kings, and his kingdom will last forever. Now, this is where it gets particular, right? Inclusive, there's an open call, but yet it gets very particular that he saved, he comes in the world to save people, he makes radical claims about himself. Jesus never, uh, hey, I'm a good religious dude. No, he he wanted to be a fork in the road, right? He's not just a good teacher or a guru, right? He is saying, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So followers of Jesus have been clear for centuries, right, that Jesus said, hey, and his earliest followers got this. They understood it. We we have their words in the Bible, that he is the unique incarnate God and the Savior we actually need. Otherwise, we stand in the wrath of God and liable to judgment for our sins. And so it's not small the things that Jesus claimed about himself, Right. And Jesse, we have a we have a bulleted list there. You want to read some of those for us? These are some yeah, simple yeah. things, simple things, but wild things. Right. Jesus. Yeah. Just imagine for yourself a dude in Starbucks saying this about himself. It'd be ridiculous. But if a person says this and it's true, well, then we we bow the knee. Right. Go ahead. And yeah, share and these, this. these things are not these things were also very Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. Right. So in Mark two, when 
when a, a crippled person is lowered down through the through the ceiling and Jesus is going to heal him, he says first he claimed to forgive sin, which he knew only God could do, and he knew it was going to be a challenging statement for the people in the room with him, right? That's right. He heals his body, but he says to him, your says, What's easier, to say your sins, sins are forgiven or your body is healed? Right. But yeah, he That's claims right. to forgive sins. Only God can do that. He claimed to be the divine son of man, which is from uh, from the book of Daniel. Uh, he claimed to exist before Abraham was born, right? In the in this I am statement, before Abraham was I am, the unique name of God in the Old Testament. That's John chapter 8, uh, 48 through 59, if you want to read that story. He claimed that he was one with the Father in John 10. He claimed that if you saw, think about this, yeah. if you want to see the Father, look at me. He says, if you saw him, you saw the Father, John 14. He was called King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He superseded the grandeur and authority of all earthly kings and rulers in Philippians 2, 9 through 11, 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 16, and Revelation 9, 11 through 16. Yeah. And, you know, by the way, this is, so I was thinking about this, Reed, as you were talking, like this motivates missions, right? This, in other words, the, the particularity and the invitation. That's right. right? That's right. It motivates missions because... And, and you see this even in Paul, and as he's, he says, I, I go for the sake of the elect. In other words, the remnant he's talking about, by the way, that's Romans 11. I said yeah, Romans 12 yeah. earlier. That remnant he's talking about, there's, there's going to be a remnant everywhere. People will respond. That's right. That's right. And so, but they have to respond to the proclamation of this particular message about a particular Messiah who has come and right. is the way, but that invitation is for all people. That's right. And, and Jesse and I, we both share a certain theological vision that God is sovereign in the saving of sinners, right? That he knows who are his. He will save them from every tribe, tongue, and view. And he uses people as means. So whether or not your theology is more, hey, it's up to our decision or God's choice, we're not talking to right now about divine election or, or choosing of the nations, which Jesse and I believe. But even if you don't believe that, this motivation for missions, right? People are lost in sin and darkness, and we're called to go proclaim to them the Lord of light, right? The risen one, yeah. the resurrection. And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved, right? And so this is the motivation for mission that God is saving his church out of the nations of the world, and people respond to the good news, and they need him, Right. He is not just one choice of many. Hey, let's go to the religious buffet. Oh, I like Jesus. Well, or I like Jesus because I'm American or or whatever. No, no, no. He is Lord of all, and he invites people. He saves me. He's, he's communicating himself to others. And one of the beautiful, fun, fun, I, I think it's fun, thing about sharing the good news of Jesus with others is to watch as God saves and transforms people's lives. Um, if you're a bored Christian, you're like, oh, I just go to church every week. If you're bored in your faith, get involved in the mission of Jesus Christ in the earth, which he came not to be served, but to serve. So love and serve other people. Actively do that. And to be used of him, he came to seek and to save with that which is lost. Mm. Get involved in the loving and serving of other people in your family, your community, around the world, and get involved in the proclaiming of Jesus risen from the dead for the salvation of all who believe. Get involved in that. It's less boring. You probably pray more. At least I, I know I do. And so here's the thing. He is God of gods, revealed to us in living flesh that we might follow, have a relationship with him, and worship him, and have him order our lives. And so, Jesse, why don't you give everybody, if you're listening and you're not maybe sure of that, um, 
I want, I'm Jesse's just going to read a little passage of scripture um, as just an invitation to all of us. But certainly, if you've never bowed your knee to Jesus, man, this is a wonderful, wonderful call. It shows us both the heart and character of God. Um, and also his gracious open-door invitation to, to all of us, even, even today. This is one of my favorite passages, uh, really one of my favorite things Jesus teaches, and uh, something Charles Spurgeon makes a mention of when he said, uh, this is a 19th century British theologian pastor, talks about how there's one place where Jesus talks about his own heart, mm. and it's here, and it's, it's with an invitation. And this invitation, by the way, is an invitation— I think I think it's it's a it's a beautiful invitation for a pluralistic world because the yoke of trying to please uh, other gods other other kind of religious the yoke of trying to do that is is yeah because most religions most religions will say you got to do these whatever many five things ten things whatever it is you got to do those or God won't like you yeah. right and, and this is what Jesus says figure it out right. In Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Friends, this reality, right, this reality of rest, freedom, learning from a good and gentle, lowly, kind-hearted king, who comes and personally takes responsibility for our sins, pays for them, gives liberation and salvation to all who believe, is what you need. It's what I need, Jesse. The Gospel Underground Podcast produced in partnership. Amen. With the Bonifer House. Review us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, wherever you get podcasts. Five stars. We love those. Send your comments, feedback, or questions you want us to take up here to info at gospelunderground.org. We are a dialogue taking place amongst the peoples of the world and the borderlands between the church and culture where God is saving his church again and again from the nations of the world to praise and proclaim the glory of his name. Thanks for joining us today, Ed. Good to see you, Jesse. Stay warm. Peace. Peace.